0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's a member of our team with this week's message. Oh man, it's so good to be with you guys today. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no mountain high enough. I think it's uh, pretty uh, apt for today's day and time, right? feels like we keep getting smacked with mountain after mountain here in our life from COVID to I can't see you at church to I got to watch Rick on TV. We all know that was a struggle in itself. (laughs) Come on, guys. Y'all got to lighten up a little bit. Come on. Come on. We got to have some fun today. But listen, ain't no mountain high enough. And what I want to focus on today is our faith. And hopefully I can convey what I believe God's given to me because this really challenged me. Uh, honestly I was talking to Jamie about this a few months ago and I was in tears in our kitchen talking about this sermon And so hopefully today you feel encouraged and you feel ready to take that next step in your walk with God but before we get really into it I want to ask you a question and the question is what famous mountains have you seen what famous mountains have you seen now we're going to have a little uh, group time here we're going to have a fun activity okay so I'm gonna pull a Michael Scott on you, and I wanna go with a full drum roll. Can everybody help me do a drum roll? Use your legs, come on. Drum roll, drum roll, bring it. Suspense, suspense, suspense. Micah Lamb, what is a famous mountain you've seen? What's a famous mountain you've seen? Stone Mountain, Georgia. Give it up for Micah. Give it up for Micah. All right, drum roll again. Let's do it again. Come on, come on. Suspense. 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 Man, who could I use right here? Ah. Christian Nielsen. What's a famous mountain you've seen? That, I've seen. that you've seen. No, your, your wife. What's a, favorite mountain you, a famous mountain you've seen? I've seen Mount Everest on pictures. Mount Everest on pictures. Give it up for Christian. Hey, I didn't ask you. Did you see it in person? I said, have you seen? One last time. I want a big drum roll. Come on. One last time. One last time. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, man. Who am I going to pick right here? I think David Joyner would be a good one to end on. David Joyner. What famous mountain have you seen? What is the famous mountain you've seen? North Georgia Mountain. North Georgia Mountain. What is that? him on two wheels. two wheels. He had to brag about it, too. Everybody give it up for David. <laughs> Give it up for David. All right. So we have some good mountains in there. And I'll go ahead and tell you, none of those three people knew I was going to call on them this morning. So when you come to service at 2911, you better be ready, okay? You better be ready. So here's a few famous mountains I've seen. I'll start with the first one, Mount Wanahakalugi at Finding Nemo. <laughs> How can you not love Mount Wanahakalugi at Finding Nemo, right? One of the greatest Disney movies of all time. All right, let's go to the next one. How about Ka and Moana? Any Moana fans in here? Yeah. A few, okay, in this corner. In this corner, all right. Moana is one of the best Disney movies from the past five or six years. If you haven't seen Moana, what are you doing with your life? Watch <laughs> Moana, okay? Next one, any 90s movie buffs? A few, okay. What about Cliffhanger? Cliffhanger, Sylvester Stallone. Nobody? Wow, I got one laugh from Rick Brent. Walker, my guy in the back. Okay, we got this guy over here, too. All right, so we got that. And then my f- favorite, my most favorite mountain of all time, Mount Doom and Lord of the Rings. Any Lord of the Ring lovers in here? Yeah. Yeah, see, there we go. Maybe I should have started with that one. I thought Mount <laughs> Wanahakalugi would get you guys going. But Mount Doom, I am a Lord of the Rings nerd. I have the books, all the books, all the Tolkien books, all the histories of everything fictional to do with Lord of the Rings and the whole Middle-earth concept. I absolutely love it. But if you haven't picked up on it, all four of these movies have something in common. Obviously they faced a mountain, right? There's all all kinds of mountains in there. But they couldn't overcome the mountain by themselves, Right, they didn't look at the mountain and say, all right, I'm gonna figure you out and off I go. They had somebody with them. They had somebody in the fire with them. They had somebody in the battle with them. They had somebody climbing the mountain with them. And so when you go from finding Nemo, right, he loses his dad, right? They're separated in the ocean, and he has to go through all these obstacles and all these these, uh, literal mountains, you know, that he has to overcome to find his dad. And he didn't do that by himself. Then you go to Moana. She doesn't defeat Tika on her own. She actually meets a a really wild person on her way that she wasn't expecting to meet. But what happened with Moana when she beat Teacock? She saved her people, all right? So she wasn't doing it for herself. She was actually doing it for her people in the movie. Then we go to Lord of the Rings, and you have Sam and Frodo who literally saved Middle Earth, but they started out with nine companions. And and I'm going to spoil the movie for you if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, again, what are you doing with your life? But at the end of the movie, it's just them two and a a, a creature called Gollum that was a necessary evil. And how many of us know sometimes we have to deal with necessary evils when we're facing mountains in our life? So Jesus always spoke in parables, right? Well, most of the time he spoke in parables, and he spoke in stories. And a mountain is symbolism for things that we face in life. And so to overcome mountains, we have to have faith. But the critical part of having faith is it doesn't just simply impact the mountains you face. It has the opportunity to be the conduit for someone else to know who God is in their life. Okay, so if we look at faith in that way and we look at mountains as not something that defeats us and looks so daunting, but as something that we can encourage one another in, is that not an incredible way to look at our life right now and all the things we're going through and all the the frustration and all the things that keep popping up in our life, right? Is it it not, that we not have an opportunity to be something more and help not only ourselves overcome mountains in our life, but to help somebody else. See, everything right now is divided. They tell you, Rick said it this week or last Sunday, he said it multiple times in these sermons. Everything is telling you to scatter and go, be isolated. You can't defeat the mountains in your life on your own. You can't. You can't it's not possible so i'm going to pray right here and we're going to dive into scripture and we're going to conquer some mountains today okay i hope you're excited i'm excited so let's pray god we love you so much this is an amazing opportunity to come together and lord we just pray that you're going to meet us here god that we find purpose and we apply what your words are speaking in our life this week and jesus we love you amen, amen. so if we're going to talk about faith we probably need to define faith does anybody not know what faith is. It's a pretty common term, right? So faith. Here it is: complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So if we apply that to scripture, we're going to go to Hebrews 11:1. Okay. Now most of us know this scripture, but I'm using a different version just so I could play mind games with you. Now faith is being sure we will get what we hope for. It is being sure of what we cannot see. Now we're going to sub out faith, and we're going to put the definition in here now complete trust or confidence in someone or something is being sure we will get what we hope for it is being sure of what we cannot see so I have a lot of faith when I come home that there's gonna be dinner on the table right Jamie's made me a delicious supper i have had a long day been on the road there's gonna be supper sometimes my faith comes through and I can see it and other times we have to go Baja right we have to go to Outback right we have to do that so sometimes faith has a way of playing mind games with us but the reality is when we're talking about our faith with God we can't see God we can't we have to have faith everything we do in our relationship with God is predicated and based upon having faith that God will not only meet us where we're at but will guide us to where we need to go right so when we think about faith we have to think about it in those terms and so we're going to go to the next scripture matthew 17 20 and to kind of set this up a little bit jesus and his disciples have been on the road and they've come across some demonic spirits and people and the disciples cannot get these demonic spirits out and jesus has to essentially save the day and so they asked jesus this question how and why could we not get the demons out of these people and this is how Jesus responds he told them it was because of your lack of faith I promise you if you have faith inside of you no bigger than the size of a small mustard seed you can say to this mountain move away from here and go over there and you will see it move there's nothing you couldn't do now I want you to think about your life and maybe when you got in trouble and your mom or your dad said well you knew not to do that or you knew you shouldn't do that and you still done it anyway right This is kind of what Jesus is saying, like, guys, you believe in me, right? If your faith was greater, if you really believed in me, you could have cast these demons out. And so in my my sermon today, I really hope that what you take away from this is that you have an amazing opportunity in front of you. And your choice is the same day after day after day. How you choose to believe in God, how you choose to apply that faith in your life is going to be the difference in not only the mountains you face, but also maybe moving the mountains that others face. So I want to get a little personal with you, and I'll probably cry at some point. I have no doubt about it, and you guys can make fun of me. I'll be the Larry Lamb of the day. If you guys know Larry, he always cries. But anyways, listen. I'm going to get personal with you here, and I, and I want to be very intentional in how I say this. <clears throat> this, isn't, this isn't to brag about mountains that i faced and I've overcome, okay? I'm, I'm going to get really w- real here and talk to you guys about some of the things that affected my life in a, in a tough way. So the first thing I want to talk to you about, mountains that i faced in my life, my upbringing. I was born in church, right? That should be a great thing. It wasn't. Um, my dad was very, very inconsistent his entire life. And um, we faced a lot of things we shouldn't have had to face as a family that was born into church. And my dad was very abusive, Um, in particular with me and my mother. I have two younger brothers. And um, my dad just had a lot of things mentally that he had to deal with. And you would think, well, well, you were raised in church. But the, the idea or the thought is, you know, if you're raised in church, that doesn't mean anything. I still have to choose to apply my faith. I still have to choose to be what God's called me to be. Okay? So, I grew up with this inconsistency my entire life. And quite honestly, at one point in my life, I said, God's not for me. If that's what God looks like, I don't want nothing to do with God. And that's the truth. That's the truth. So, first one, my upbringing. The second thing, I didn't turn to to drugs and alcohol and partying and, and, and hanging out with girls and doing all that kind of stuff, right? I turn to pornography, the quiet sin, the secret, the secret killer, the silent killer, the one that just punches you over and over and over. But you do it when nobody's watching. It's easy to keep hidden. But studies show pornography is one of the worst things you could possibly do, not only with your mind, but also with your heart. Because it changes your outlook on how you view people, in particular, the opposite sex. Pornography was a mountain that I faced in my life. The next thing my decisions my way Okay, <clears throat> so funny story here. I moved to Birmingham to play rock and roll I didn't move to Birmingham to be with you or uh, to meet my wife or any of that right? I moved to Birmingham to play rock and roll and one of those people actually played guitar this morning that moved here with me and I wasn't at a bad spot in my life. I believed in God I prayed, but I chose to do things my way instead of following my faith. And who knows? If I had followed my faith, maybe we would have been playing rock and roll, Hayden. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? But I really believe, I really believe that God put somebody in my life that made me wake up. And it wasn't necessarily about rock and roll, it was about doing what God had called me to do. And it's incredible to think about now, but at that time, it was all about rock and roll, baby. All about it, all right? So the fourth thing, if we, if we move forward, I need to be reminded of this one. Former employer, oh boy. Um, we've all been here, right? Had a bad job, it's something we hated, right? We hate going to work. Well, I was really good at my job, actually, and God blessed me tremendously, so much so that my employer couldn't pay me what I would earned and at this point in my life you know I'm 26 i have just got married and it's like oh yeah babe you, we can do this we can go do that and then all of a sudden we're not gonna honor your contract and we're faced with a mountain of decisions should we go get a lawyer should we go get our money should I quit this job and go hope and find we find another job should I stay here this list of decisions Just ran through our mind. Me and Jamie both. What do we do? How do we do this? How do we overcome this mountain that we're facing as a couple? Does that sound familiar for anybody? The next thing is actually my marriage. Being a husband. And no, it's not because Jamie's horrible. It's how I was raised. It was how I was brought up. Did I really feel like I'm capable of being the husband that God called me to be? Can I be different than my dad? Can I approach my wife with love and integrity and character? And that's a mountain that I face to this day. I told you I was going to cry at some point. <laughs> so, but <clears throat> the cool thing, the cool thing in all this is I overcame these mountains that I faced, but I didn't do it on my own. So let's go back through this list, talk about my upbringing. <clears throat> Let me talk to you about my mom and my nanny that loved me so much. And look, they were facing the same thing I was facing, right? They were in the middle of that. My mom, you know, (laughs) she took the brunt of it most nights. But you know how many times my mom would just hold us and tell us that God had a plan for us? And if we stuck it out, if we stuck it out and we made the choice we had to make the choice to pursue God, what could happen in our life. My nanny, so faithful, so faithful. Most incredible person I know. Dealt with the same thing my mom was going through. She's just older. Her, her husband to this day doesn't believe in God. Doesn't want anything to do with God. And my nanny gets a praise for him every day. prays for every one of her kids every day that we would know God in a deeper way. So my mom and nanny, their prayers and their love, that's why I overcome that mountain. Pornography. We had a small group at a church called Crossroads Church in Cordova, Alabama, and unfortunately, the name of the small group is called Nell it And let me put some. Let me put why it's called Nell it Nellit is a symbolism for Jesus was nailed to the cross, right? And so this group of guys, this wasn't my idea, but obviously it was something I struggled with, and this group of 10 or so guys, we had a group text, and we would also use social media. And anytime time we had the thought to look at pornography or any type of sexual sin, anything like that, we would text that group, nail it. We're going to nail it to the cross. We're going to nail it to the cross. And guess what happened? Quit watching pornography. And you know, this is one of those things that you can't, it just in the spur of the moment you don't realize the significance of it. But when you look back and you realize that was a mountain you were facing, that was a really good choice to be a part of that small group. And I pray that you guys see that when small groups roll back around, you can see that there can be a mountain moved that you're facing in your life if you'll simply open up and quit isolating, quit isolating what you're facing. And next thing, bad decisions. There was this guy I worked with. His name was Clint Poorboy. Some of you guys may know him. Some of you guys may know him for other reasons, other things, okay? Well, I'm sorry, I cried a while ago, so you guys are going to have to deal with it. <clears throat> me sniffling up here. But Clint Poorboy, in this time when me and Hayden were trying to live in Birmingham for a year, move to Austin, Texas, and get signed and play rock and roll and tour and all that stuff, there was this guy named Clint Poorboy that I worked with at CentOS. And Clint would ask me two or three times a week. I could book it down. I'd come in. I knew what mornings I would see him. It would be a Tuesday morning and a Thursday morning. And he'd say, hey, man, when are you coming to church with me? When are you coming to church with me? When are you coming to church with me? And and listen, I was in a good spot in my life, so I thought. But the reality was I was choosing something over what God has called me to do. So my faith in God really wasn't there. I was wanting to do what Kyle wanted to do. And God put Clint in my life. And for you guys that know me, I'd say that decision worked out pretty doggone well. I have an amazing wife. I'm here with you today. I'm not interested in going for rock and roll anymore. You know, my life turned out pretty good. But I'm not saying it it wouldn't have happened without Clint, but I can tell you for a fact, it didn't happen without Clint. It didn't happen. Because Clint was faithful, and Clint chose... To do the right thing he didn't even know the mountain I was facing but because he did the right thing and did what God had called him to do and simply invited me to church I have everything that I have now because of his faithfulness again your choice matters what you choose to do matters my former employer guess what happened I chose to stay with that job after much prayer and pride being kicked into my face. chose to stay with that job. Not only did God bless me for staying with that job, my business grew double each year after that. So not only was I significantly blessed my first year, I was blessed even more my second, and then I was blessed even more my third. And out of that, I met my current boss, my current employer, who gave me a lot of money to come work for them and guess what happened out of all of this? in that two years in that two years, well really three now since that whole situation happened, not only has God brought back every penny that was stolen from me and my wife, he's gave us more. You can't make this stuff up, guys. this is real life. this is real life. God done that. It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh man, you know, God. Hope you hope you make it today. Hope you make the right decision, because God was faithful in mine and Jamie's life, and we chose to be faithful in the situation we were in. God blessed us. God blessed us, and then I, and then we go to my marriage. Listen, if Jamie was the only one that had to put up with me, she'd probably already be dead. Okay, you guys have to put up with me too, and because of you, I have more confidence to be the husband I'm called to be. It's not just how amazing Jamie is and how she impacts my life. It's also because of you. There's some of you in here that are incredible husbands. Some of you, I've got to be a part of your marriage since day one, and I admire how well of a husband you are to your wife. You guys encourage me. So in a way, you guys choosing to do the right thing in your marriage has helped move mountains in my life. So if I've said it once, I've said it 10 times already. Your choice to live out your faith not only impacts the mountains you face, it can be the conduit to connect somebody to see who God is in their life. So when you get frustrated, you get tired, you don't think this is for you, or you're so focused on the mountain you're facing, you gotta remember, you gotta keep plugging along. You gotta keep plugging along, you gotta keep doing things the right way. Because I can promise you, Clint, poor boy, didn't know what would happen in my life when he invited me to church seven years ago. He didn't know. I for sure didn't know. I thought we was out of here. I'll come to church for six months. Me and Hayden are out of here with my brothers. And we're going to go play rock and roll the rest of our lives. It's not what happened. Not even close. As a matter of fact, I've bought three houses here since then. So it's crazy, right? Not only did I not move. I've become so rooted here that it's part of my DNA. 2911 is part of my DNA. Gardendale, Morris, Kimberly is a part of who I am. So when I'm telling you that what you do day in and day out impacts people and you don't know it, it really, really does. So having faith, having faith, how do we we look at faith and apply it to our life? Well, let's look at Moses and the burning bush in Exodus 3. Moses is really struggling with the concept of I'm supposed to go to Egypt free your people with no army who are slaves okay uh, I'm supposed to just walk up in there and say let my people go like who does that if you don't know back in the day the king had full autonomy he could end you that quick if you guys remember Kristen's sermon from uh, from a few months, a few weeks ago well, I guess it's been a month now she talked about Esther Esther was the queen and had to have favor to go before the the king, the queen. So think about Moses having to go before the king of Egypt and say, hey man, I'm ready for you to uh, quit having my people as your slaves. Like how does that even work? How how can you even wrap your mind around that? Well, God appears to him in a form of a burning bush that was not burning. Now, I have to have faith that that's reality, right? I didn't see a, a burning bush that wasn't burning. Did you guys see a burning bush that wasn't burning? I didn't see that. I have to have faith that that really happened, right? Well, Moses had to have faith that he could go rescue God's people out of bondage, out of slavery. God uses the burning bush to tie that together. So the first step, the first step in you applying faith to move mountains is you have to believe who God says he is. See, what happens is when Moses looks at this bush, And he's questioning things. God tells him, I am that I am. I'm the guy. The buck stops here. Trust me. I got you. It's all good. It's okay. What does Moses do? He says, all right, let's go. And off off he goes to face the mountain, the single greatest mountain he would ever face in his life. It's incredible, right? You have to believe that God is who he says he is. Then we go to Jesus in Gethsemane. This is after the Passover. Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. He knows what's coming, and the disciples kind of not really, maybe, could, could be what's happening. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, man, we're just enjoying the moment with, with, with Christ, but Christ knows what's coming. He prays to God in Matthew 26. He prays, God, if you let this cup pass, I'm okay with it. You know, I really don't want to die. But, you know, I'm not trying to be funny, but I, I guess that's the only way I know how to talk, is try to be funny. But he's, he's asking God, you know. I'm okay with not dying. If, if you're okay with it, I'm okay if you will let this cup pass. I would really be okay with it. But it doesn't happen. And guess what Jesus has to do? He has to trust in where God is taking him. He has to trust in where God is taking him. Even to his death, Jesus had to trust God. So again, we're talking about applying faith to move mountains. We have to believe in who God says he is. We have to trust in where God is taking us. So what would be the third thing? What's the key denominator between Moses and Jesus? The mountain they faced didn't just serve themselves. They had to serve others while facing down the mountain. That would change their life. They had to serve others. So Moses has to rescue the children of Israel. Think about the legacy that gets associated with that. Not only does he have to do this on his own, he's staring down the mountain, he gets to bring every generation of Israel with him from now on till forever. Moses served other people even as he faced the mountain of rescuing all of God's people from slavery. And then Jesus, if you could talk Moses' legacy, Jesus is a pretty good one to use, right? Jesus had to die so that you and I could know God sitting right here today, August fifteenth, 2021, in Morris, Alabama. Jesus had to die. If that's not the definition of serving others, facing the mountain that Jesus was facing, I don't know what is. It'd be, it'd be really hard if somebody said, hey, you've got to die today, but everybody else can know eternal life for the rest of time but you have to die could you do it i don't think i could i was just being honest with you there's only one person that did and has and that's jesus so if we believe god is who he says he is and we trust in where god is taking us and we serve others along the way how do you think that affects well your faith can inspire others Not only can it, it will. I think about my mom and my nanny. I think about that small group at Crossroads Church. I think about Clint Poorboy and his faith to keep reaching out to me. I think about my current employer, who, guess what, is not even a Christian. Not even a Christian and has impacted my life in such a way that it's incredible. It's actually unbelievable. doesn't even believe in God and God used him. It kind of sounds like, Kind of sounds like uh, Frodo and Sam, right? Going to Mount Doom, right? Gollum helps them get to Mount Doom to defeat Sauron, the one ring. So in your life, there's going to be things that you have to put up with, that you have to deal with. But if you make the choice, if you make the choice that your faith is bigger than the mountain you're facing, not only are you going to move through that mountain, you're going to change somebody else. You're You're going to change the mountain they're facing. So are you with me? Your choices and how you apply how, what God has called you to be and called you to do is what will impact not only your life and your generation, but the generations to come. And the families off to the side, the people in this room, because of your faith can be impacted. Because what, what did I say at the beginning? Having faith, right? Having faith, you with me? Having faith simply doesn't impact the mountains you face. It has the opportunity to be the conduit for someone to know who God is in their life. So if you have this amazing opportunity to not only face down your mountain, but to also impact somebody else, how could you not do it? How could you look at your life and say, I don't want to be a part of moving mountains? I don't want to be a part of seeing God do something amazing in this person, in this person, in this person, in this person, in this person. person. How could you do that? If you have a faith that believes in God, not only can you do anything, you can connect with people in a way that no one else can. Clint connected with me, and my life has changed for the better. That was somebody I didn't even know until I started working with him. So if we think about it this way though, I'll go to my next slide. When we connect with who God is, it allows us to serve others by loving them in a way that growing in our faith is not just attainable, it is inevitable. Three of our core pillars at 2911, connect, serve, grow. There's no mistake. There's no mistake that that's three of our core pillars. We have to connect with who God is. We have to serve others. And guess what we get to do along the way? We get to grow in our faith. Listen, we all face mountains. We're facing down several of them all together. But the reality is, our faith can be the difference in somebody knowing God and dying and not knowing God. So I'm here to tell you today, there ain't no mountain high enough. There ain't no mountain high enough. And you can listen to Marvin Gaye singing it all you want because nobody can touch that guy's voice. But listen when you're facing things, when you're going through life struggles, when you're going through things that don't make sense you have to make the choice to stay grounded to do the little things right and God will allow you to not only see the mountains that were moved in your life but allow you to impact somebody else to see the mountains move in their life right so as I'm wrapping up here I want to end with one question the worship team you guys can come on I want to end with one question. We've talked about faith. We had fun with Mount Wanahakalugi. We had fun, uh, you know, diving in, into the Word. You guys can make fun of me after service for my mountains I've faced. You know, all that fun stuff, right? But if I'm to ask you to do one thing, one thing as we get ready to close is to answer one question. What mountain is your faith going to help someone move? What mountain is your faith going to help someone move? Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.